the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. Little John Anderson and Yes, Big Generator, the title track from Yes's Big Generator, uh, which came out in 1987. Sorry for the fast fade there, but I want to get into some stuff here. I had really forgotten about that particular album. And it's, it's interesting because um, that was the follow-up to uh, 902. 2185 something whatever anyway their their biggest uh, i would say commercial success um with owner of a lonely heart uh change it uh, it can happen uh so many different songs on that and that was from 1983 this is big generator came out in 1987 there was a lot of delays in this album coming out trevor rabin wanted to do sort of a different take trevor rabin was sort of the catalyst of reforming the band even though he didn't want to call it yes he wanted to call it something else uh, I, you know, it's an underrated album. It's really good um, when you think about it. And then it all sort of, after that, they had a tour, and then a couple of years later it all sort of, I don't want to say fell apart, but guys went in different directions. What are you going to do? Uh, we got a great show for you tonight uh, and a great craft beer guest that's going to be joining us. Uh, of course, you can follow me, Twitter, at Al Gattulo, if you're still on there, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email Albert G at NYC Radio.com iTunes, Google Podcasts, Hopped Up Network, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Alexa. We're all over the place, so check us out. Now, coming up uh, in just about 10 minutes, um, uh, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, actually. I'm sorry. I'm I'm always getting these things wrong. Uh, Isla Kapahi, I believe is her her name, head brewer at Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona. She's going to join me. Um, I'm recording this earlier in the week, so I haven't yet spoken to Isla, Um, but uh, from... All the things that I'm reading about, and I can't wait. She's running an amazing brewery in Arizona as the head brewer. We're going to chat about how she got into brewing along with what she's doing now and a lot more. And she is really um, forwarding the woman movement in brewing. There needs to be more women in brewing. People forget that women were originally the ones who made beer. Men have only been brewing beer not that long, if you really think about how long ago women we're brewing beer because the men were out working. Women would brew the beer for when they came home because beer was the acceptable form of drink for most people because the water table was so bad. So another reason why you should pick up after your dogs, folks, just a PSA. I'll leave it at that. Uh, let us dive into some beer news because there is some of it. And I also want to get your opinions 
on stuff. So uh, email me or you can tweet me at Al Gattulo or albertgnnycradio.com. So Modern Times uh, Jungle Juice is back. It's a hoppy favorite, been on the back burner for a couple of years since 2020. Uh, crafted with a generous heap of mosaic incognito in the Whirlpool, as well as a big addition of mosaic and a touch of Nelson in the dry hop. Modern Times Star Jungle, a 5.5% ABV hazy pilsner with a punchy nose of berries, white grapes, and a hint of lychee. Uh, this is out now. It's available in cans and on draft uh, anywhere you get Modern Times. Uh, March Madness at Paragon Tap and Table. Um, the first round of kegs have already kicked. Second round is already in effect. And by, by the time you listen to this, I am sure we're going to be into the final four here. So Oak Flower against three threes. Twin Elephant going up against Alternate Ending. And then on the right side of the bracket, Ashton against Zigmeister and Coastal Brew Works against Wild Air Beer Works. This should be an interesting battle uh, between Coastal and Wild Air, and um, Oak Flower and Three Three, all of them, all all eight of them, um, great stuff. So we'll see what happens there, and uh, we'll have another update uh, next week. A uh, couple things here. Uh, interesting article in AmericanCraftBeer.com about direct-to-consumer beer shipments, which accelerated during the pandemic because obviously people wanted to get their liquor, and um, they relaxed some rules to allow direct shipping. But there are still many U.S. states that haven't embraced the future of beer delivery. On March 8th, Sovo Ship Compliant, a company that offers direct-to-consumer shipping compliance and management solutions and the Brewers Association, a national trade organization, of course, advocates for U.S. craft brewers, released their third annual direct-to-consumer beer shipping report. The report, which offered an in-depth analysis of a consumer poll and an uh, economist's review of the direct-to-consumer beer shipping market, found that consumer interest and enthusiasm for having their favorite brews shipped to their front doors has never been higher. Unfortunately, the Sovo Ship Compliant Harris Poll Consumer Survey also found state laws not keeping up with consumer demand. Nearly 8 out of 10, 81%, of regular craft beer drinkers have tried a beer while traveling that they wish they could purchase, but it's not available near their home. 85% compared to 77% in 2022, just a year ago, of regular craft beer drinkers say the ability to purchase beer via direct-to-consumer shipping would make them more likely to try beer from out-of-state breweries. Now, I know Tavor does these things, but it's expensive. If you could buy directly from the brewer, you would go, you would go for it because you wouldn't want to pay all the fees. Now, would it put somebody like Tavor out of business? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they changed the model. Who knows? In fact, 72% of regular craft beer drinkers reported that they would spend $50 or more per month if they could, while 51% say they would spend $100 or more per month if they could have direct-to-consumer shipping. That's interesting. 86% of regular craft beer drinkers say that they would be likely to think more positively of a brewery that offers a direct-to-consumer purchasing option. 85% would be likely to recommend that brewery to family and friends. And 88% of respondents said there should be greater legal access to -to direct-to-consumer beer shipping. However, as of this month, just 11 states in Washington, D.C. currently permit direct-to-consumer beer shipping. In New York, you can't do it. In New Jersey, you can't do it, Um, especially in New Jersey. I mean, we're the no-fun state. Are you kidding me? So this is a big deal. And Bart Watson, chief economist of the Brewers Association, said, The experience from the wine industry in the limited states that currently allow direct-to-consumer beer shipping underline the success of this model in beverage alcohol, how it complements the three-tier system and the model's responsibility and compliance. I, you know, he's right. I, I, I think there is a case to be made here. More people would do it. 
I don't know if I would spend $100 a month, but I would certainly, if I could buy something, like I was in Florida and I wanted to bring some beer home and I didn't want to check the beer, I couldn't bring it home. So if I could buy more, you know, some Angry Chair from Angry Chair Brewing in Florida and have it shipped to me, I would do it. Magnanimous. I loved it. You can only get it in Florida. I would love to purchase directly from them and have it shipped to me. That's something I would absolutely, um, I I would consider it. I would certainly consider it. So um, something to be considered. I know there's a bill in Congress that's trying to get passed. Um, I do think that this is something um, that should be done. Um, I do think this is something that should be done um, to help out Americans if they wanted to get beer elsewhere. You do it with wine. Why can't you do it with beer? It doesn't make sense. Now, Here's an interesting one. Amtrak runs from Boston to Maine, and while it's in New Hampshire for 35 miles, it can't serve booze because of state laws. So apparently there is a law that forbids serving alcohol that hasn't been purchased in the state. So apparently Amtrak is sort of, um, you know, not legal to do this, but apparently uh, the commission said the Massachusetts-based company that provides the trains, food, and beverage service, inadvertently acknowledged it had been in violation of New Hampshire's laws. It was in the process of renewing its license to serve alcohol on the Downeaster. That's what they call the train. And apparently they're going to tweak the laws to allow um, Amtrak to continue serving alcohol, even if it isn't beer um, or booze that was uh, you know, purchased in the state of New Hampshire. So we'll see what happens. Now, finally, how important is it for you when you are dining out to check the bar restaurant tap list? Chris McClellan, who has a great newsletter called Brew Enthusiast, and he's on Twitter, uh, asked the question, if it was important to having an up-to-date tap list on your website. Now, he's designing a website for someone. The answer from a lot of well-known and unknown Twitter folks was a resounding yes. Lots of places that I look up are dated or not updated. Even people's untapped pages are not that good. Sometimes they don't update stuff. Now, my favorite place, Paragon Tap and Table, constantly updating, which is great, and it's how it should be. But if you have Untapped, if you're using Untapped, why wouldn't you update it? If you have a website for your brewery and you're telling people to come, et cetera, excuse me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for whatever reason, why are you not updating it? I get you may not have time, but why not have one of your beer tenders do it after their shift? Um, if you have a marketing, a marketing manager, there's no excuse. Beers kick, you put a new one on. Now, Maybe you got 12 beers and one kicks and you don't have time to put one on, put it on after work. I mean, if you have these things, there really is no excuse for you not to update your lists, whether it's untapped, which is the whole purpose, part of the purpose of untapped, um, whether you have a website. um, It should be very easy. And who's ever designed your website should be able to show you how quickly you can do uh, those things. I don't understand that. Um... It's just, it's it's baffling to me. It really is baffling to me. Um, and for me, it's important because if I go to a restaurant and, you know, I'm going with my wife and we're trying to explore a new place, yeah, I want to check out their current tap list. I don't want to wait to get there. Now, if if they don't have it updated and I get there and they don't have what I like, I usually, I'll get a mixed drink or I'll get a glass of wine. But I would love to know what their beer selection is if they're serving beer so I can make an informed decision. It's just a smart move. What do you think? Tweet me at Al Gattulo or send me an email, albertg at nycradio.com. Great stuff from Chris McClellan. That's good stuff. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
How do you not recognize Udo Dirk Schneider? Except in Metal Heart, did you know, I didn't know this, but I, I, I probably did know this on a show, you know, over the last several years, but uh, Except's Metal Heart came out this past week in 1985, which was the second to last album that Udo Dirk Schneider sang on. The last one was Russian Roulette, and I... I don't know. I've, I've talked about this on the program before, and welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I was just baffled by the fact that um, it, he stopped He stopped playing with the band in the mid-'80s. I had, I, for some reason, I thought that Udo was in the band into the 90s, but apparently he was not. Pretty wild. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we'll feature another couple of cuts of Accept's uh, Metal Heart. I like Metal Heart. Uh, you know, except was going much more commercial there. They wanted radio airplay, so they went into a different direction. But it's a great album uh, from beginning to end. It really is good. And it, it very much Judas Priest-esque, uh, sort of that Screaming for Vengeance, Defenders of the Faith, like that kind of, you know, that kind of vibe there. It's a really, really good album. And I love listening to it from beginning to end. Uh, coming up in 10 minutes... Uh, Isla Kapai, a head brewer at Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona, will join me. She'll also tell me how to say her name correctly because I'm an idiot at times. She's running an amazing brewery in Arizona as the head brewer. Uh, we'll chat about how she got into brewing along with what she's doing now and a lot more uh, coming up in just about 10 minutes. Um, Kelly Green Brewing in Gloucester County. They were Gloucester County's first brewery in a town that is dry. Um, Justin Fleming, one of the owners, posted this uh, a couple of days ago. So seven years ago, I never would have imagined I would be writing this post. As of the end of March, we will be closing our doors for good in the state of New Jersey. It is a difficult thing to process from being the first brewery in Gloucester County. The emotions are high, and so is the stress level. As a husband and a father of three beautiful girls, my time now is going to my family. As our children get older, it has pulled us more and more away from the taproom. With that being said, we cannot thank all of the New Jersey craft beer drinkers for their support. The list of friends we have made over the years... It's too long to list, a lot of which we consider family now. I can't thank my core group for support enough, including my beautiful wife and our amazing group of beer tenders. We will be having live music the weekend of March 24th, 25th, and 26th. Every day, come celebrate with us as we say goodbye to our little brewery. It was a hell of a run from here on out. We are liquidating our inventory. Starting now, grab any bottle of Saison in our fridge for $5, and our merch has been reduced to 50% off. Say goodbye to your local neighborhood brewery in Pittman, New Jersey. And listen, they've done a tremendous job, Kelly Green Brewing. Um, There are a number of breweries in Gloucester County now, Death of the Fox being one of them. Uh, There's a number of others. I'm not going to go into the whole list, but Kelly Green was the first to get started. Obviously, you've got a young family. Your um, priorities change. Um, you were not able to sustain your business the way you wanted it to, and so you had to shut it down. That's a shame that we're losing a brewery in New Jersey. Um, I don't want to speculate if it was financial, if it was other stuff. I have no idea. I'm going to take uh, this gentleman at his face value. I don't know him. Um, But if he says family is important to him and he needs to spend more time with his family, then kudos to him trying to, you know, not trying to maintain a business and putting out a subpar product because at this point now, if your product isn't good, you're going to have uh, an issue. Uh, we were supposed to have a beer and cheese pairing this past week. It's been postponed. Uh, Laura Badish over at the Badish Group um, and the uh, French Cheese Board decided to postpone the event. Uh, it should be happening again in the next several weeks. Uh, when it does, I will give you a new date and let you know what's going on there. 
B3 Showdown tickets are on sale now. Uh, you can. Uh, it, this is going to be a great event. Saturday, May 20th, Men in Arena Field in Morristown. Outdoors under tents. It's a benefit for the Chester First Aid, aid Squad. NJBeerBBQFest.com for the tickets. There's a VIP hour from noon to 1. Chef Chris Massey will be cooking uh, delicious food for that uh, part of the event. And then general admission from 1 to 5. It's an awesome event. I judge it every year. Uh, we have a great time. There's tons of food. There is ton- there's music. Uh, the music is being done by Mr. Lovejoy. Uh, great beer, all New Jersey beer. It is a fun event. It is a blast, and again, a benefit for the Chester First Aid Squad. NJBeerBBQFest.com. I want to apologize to Steve Ashton from Ashton Brewing. Um, I had mentioned last week that um, Alosta was the one putting this pure obsidian cold black IPA out. It wasn't. It was Ashton. I got the names mixed up. This is what happens, folks, when you record early in the morning, and also when you have Alosta and Ashton that close together. I do make mistakes, and Steve, I apologize for that. And thank you for catching that uh, on last week's show because I would have missed it. And so I appreciate you uh, doing that. Their three-year anniversary party is taking place Saturday, March 25th, Sunday, March 26th, noon to 10 p.m. on Saturday, 1.30 to 6 on Sunday. Live music specials. They're going to have a whole bunch of barrel-aged beer that will be out. Uh, Definitely check out their Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Ashton Brewing, for more info on that. Um, Original Sin has announced the release of Original Sin White Widow Cider. It is the company's first non-alcoholic beverage. White Widow, a delicious low-calorie blackberry cider made with apple cider vinegar and zero added sugar. Uh, the, the sugar is coming from monk fruit as a low-calorie natural sweetener. Um, you know, obviously, apple cider vinegar is good, is good for your gut health. So this is a non-alcoholic blackberry cider, 25% juice, only 35% calories per serving, uh, from New York's original cider, which is really cool. Our friends from Founders have announced a new local partnership under the Crafted in Michigan collaboration series. They're creating a taproom exclusive beer with Cellar Door Artisan Preserves. It's a woman-owned and operated company in Grand Rapids. The brew available for a limited release in the Grand Rapids taproom beginning on March 24th. It is a blueberry ginger ale. It's called Jambassador. Perfect for a spring afternoon, and they're using Michigan-grown blueberries. It has an ABV of 6.7%. As founding uh, Founders Brewing Company brewmaster Jeremy Kosmicki says, we were pretty excited to partner up with Cellar Door Preserves for our next Crafted in Michigan collab. We ended up designing our beer around one of their best-selling preserves that features blueberries and ginger. It's got a great mix of sweet, tart, and spicy flavors. It'll be available again at the Grand Rapids Tap Room on March 24th, beginning at noon. In addition to serving Jambassador, which will be available on draft while supplies last, the event will feature various jams and food offerings inspired by Cellar Door's own recipes. That is really, really cool. Um, Trogues Independent Brewing announces that Lollihop's, uh, Lollihop, the double IPA, has joined the year-round lineup of beers alongside Perpetual IPA, Pennsylvania's best-selling IPA, and the award-winning Troganator Double Box. Since 2019, Lollihop has been an integral part of Trogue's once-a-year offerings, which also include iconic beers such as Mad Elf, Nugget Nectar, and Nimble Giant. With its release this year, Lollihop becomes the brewery's first year-round double IPA, which is pretty, pretty cool. Of course, the inspiration for Lollihop began in the hop fields of Yakima Valley, Washington, during the brewery's annual pilgrimage for hop selection. Uh, it worked its way through Trogue's Small Batch Scratch Series, starting with an IPA hop with two of the brewery's favorite varieties, Citra and Mosaic. The brewing team discovered that this combination delivers notes of melon, grapefruit, and orange. 
uh, for the new can design and six-pack wrap. Baltimore-based artist and Art of Trogues alum Devin Watson returned to refresh the whimsical Wonka-esque candy forest he originally created, um, coinciding with the release of Lollihop, the annual Art of Trogues contest that encourages fans to create artwork inspired by the brewery and its beer. Uh, the 2023 contest currently underway. Submissions are being accepted until June the 4th uh, via trogues.com slash art. And Lollihop, of course, available on draft and in six-pack, six-packs, easy for me to say, I was trying to do an accent there, of 12-ounce cans everywhere, Trogues beer is sold, which is very, very cool. And then finally, um, as I've been mentioning, Wet Ticket Brewing, uh, they are uh, going uh, green uh, you know, trying to save the environment. Ten cents for every black, green, and red plastic four-pack holder you bring in. They will give you ten cents back for it. A maximum of fifty per visit per day. It's uh, five dollars uh, maximum. Applied to in-person draft sales of at least ten dollars. Any size pours and flights. Uh, they reserve the right to stop the offer at any time. By the way, Atlantic City Beer Music Festival is taking place uh, on uh, June third and fourth at Baderfield. Now, here's what I find interesting as uh, we get ready to wrap up for a break. So the first thing is, if you want to get your tickets without fees, um, just go over to Atlantic City Beer Music Festival's uh, Facebook page. They have a number of places that they are going to be. At the end of April, they're going to be at Alternate Ending. They're going to be at Ship Bottom. They're going to be in a bunch of different breweries where you can buy your tickets directly from them with no taxes or fees. But here's the problem that I have with Governor Murphy. So they announced this big festival that's going on. For three weeks in June, the first week is in Atlantic City, second in Asbury Park, the third week will be in Newark. Um, The first week kicks off on the Sunday when Atlantic City Beer Music Festival ends. I don't think they ever asked the Atlantic City Beer Music Festival if they wanted to partner up with them. What better way to celebrate New Jersey? Here's a Jersey event with Jersey breweries, with music, with people coming from all over. The premier event on the East Coast run by a great guy, John Henderson and his crew at Tricycle Productions. And you don't call the guy and say, hey, we're doing this thing. We'd love for you to love to partner up with you. Are, are you kidding me? Once again, Governor Murphy, tone deaf, missing the point. I mean, Bill Burr, I love Bill Burr. He's not Jersey. He's from Massachusetts, where, by the way, the governor's from. I just don't get it. When we come back after a short break... Isla Kapai, head brewer at Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona, will join me on the program. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer as we continue on with our little uh, tribute to Accept and Metal Heart, which came out uh, this past week in 1985, where I was just a young sophomore in high school, uh, figuring my way through life and, and not knowing where things were going. But heavy metal music definitely kept me uh, moving along. We uh, are, My next guest here is the head brewer who started her career in Tucson, Arizona at the age of 24, She was only one of two women brewing beers in Tucson. Now, fast forward eight years later, she's leading an all-female team that is just crushing it out in Arizona. Borderlandsbrewing.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast for the first time, Ayla Kapai. Ayla, how are you? Hey, Al. Good morning. Doing great. How are you? I am good. Uh, So, Ayla, your journey through craft beer was not a typical one. You went to college, 
but not to learn about beer. What was the catalyst for pursuing a career in craft beer? So my, I was working for the University of Arizona. I uh, focused on social justice research impacting women and minorities. Absolutely loved what I was doing. Was homebrewing at the time and found myself kind of restless, I think, and wanting to seek a creative job and working with my hands. And I thought, right. you know what, I'm going to take a big leap of faith and try my hand in the craft beer industry. That's pretty cool. I mean, for anybody uh, to be to, to homebrew and then to take it up, obviously, to that next level where you're scaling the recipes up and all of that other stuff. It, it didn't intimidate you at all. You were like, you know what? I got to try this. This is something that I really love and I have a passion for. Oh, it was definitely intimidating. I spent a lot of time, um, especially while I was learning to brew uh, professionally, mm. just spent a lot of time on YouTube looking up, how do I use this tool? Right. How do I do this? So there was, it, it was uh, not without its bumps, but you know, that's what I think really helps you learn how to brew and really understand the process maybe compared to going straight into automation and pushing buttons or right. something. And, and again, and you said it. I mean, you, it, when you learn, you make mistakes, and that's how you learn. It's when you make mistakes and figure out what that mistake is and then uh, correct it you know, on the next go-around, that's how you learn and that's how you improve yourself. Now, women are increasingly getting involved in craft beer, not just as beer tenders. They're doing everything up to and including owning breweries. In your opinion, though, why are only a small percentage actually making the product? That's a great question. You know, I think if I had the answer, I would be and solution. I'd be really rich. But, um, you know, I, I think it's the same reason that we don't see women as much in different fields of STEM in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, mm -hmm. um, similar kind of fields. So I, I think it's very much related to that. Um, and, you know, overall, the role models that we've had for what beer production looks like uh, just hasn't historically included women or minorities. So I think when you're kind of looking at that, you might think, oh, this mm. doesn't really seem like a feasible option for me because it just hasn't been portrayed that way. Yeah, and and that's a fair point because, and because some people forget women really were the ones who made beer thousands of years ago. As the men were out working, women would be home and making the beer and making very good beer, by the way, and and sort of that got away from uh, women making beer and men uh, primarily making the beer. And I think there is some validity to that, that I think that women look at that job and go, well, it's not really glamorous. It's not something for me. But it, it, it can be. And I love that more women are getting involved in making beer, and I think that's a great thing. Talking with uh, Ayla Kapai, she's the head brewer at Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona. Borderlandsbrewing.com is the website for more information. By the way, one of their uh, places, they're having an anniversary party. It takes place Saturday, April 29th from noon to 5 p.m. local time. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I want to talk about that anniversary party for a moment. Um, I'm, obviously, you've been formulating what type of beers that you're going to serve at that event. Have you uh, sort of finalized that lineup that you're going to have at the event? You know, for the most part, we have, but um, we love also just brewing some spontaneous fun beers, especially for that event. So, mm -hmm. you know, I might have a list out and then say uh, a week prior, oh, you know what, actually, let's, let's add this in there. We're so excited for our anniversary. It's a beer festival. Um, so we are going to host uh, 15 plus breweries from mm -hmm. around the state and from Mexico. So you'll be able to sample different brews. Um, and we're just really proud because this 
uh, it's our 13th anniversary, and we're just very proud of our all-women's brew crew. That's See, that's awesome. Now, and for you personally, we're going to get to the Mexico angle in just a moment, but for you personally, how does it feel to have had a transformative hand in Borderland Brewing's business? You know, I... I think it's one of those things that happens to leaders in general. All of a sudden, time goes by and you look around and you go, oh, I'm the veteran in my industry or, oh, I helped shape some of this. But, you know, really, I think sometimes we lose sight of all that progress because it truly is a team effort. Um, We know that craft beer is all about community and collaboration. That is completely true. I didn't make it to where I am on my own. Um, it has taken a community and team support. So um, truly grateful for that. And, and that's the great thing. I was talking with Jim Cook uh, a couple of weeks ago on in an interview I did on the program and then I actually got a chance to chat with him uh, personally last week in Manhattan. Uh, and, and that's the one thing that I love uh, among any uh, among a lot of things about craft beer and the craft beer business itself. It's one of those things where it doesn't work for some reason it doesn't seem to work in any other phase of business but in the brewing business if you don't work as a team if if you're not working together the project is not going to succeed most of the time it's it's amazing how you guys are able and gals are able to get together and and do this the way you do it in in addition to helping one another out you're all chasing that same piece of the pie you're all trying to make money but yet if a brewery needs help you guys are the first there, first people there to help out. It, it, it doesn't work in any other sector of business, and I think that's remarkable. Uh, we're talking with uh, Ayla Kapai. She's the head brewer of Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona. Borderlandsbrewing.com is the website for more information. Their 13th anniversary party takes place Saturday, April 29th from noon to 5 p.m. local time. Check out the website for more information on it as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, I was reading that you recently got together with a number of Latina brewers from Mexico in what is called the Las Hermanas Project. What are the differences, if any, uh, brewing across the border? You know, brewing in Mexico has really opened our eyes to how wonderful the Mexican craft beer industry is. Um, I think folks tend to think, oh, here are these nice American brewing girls going down to Mexico and teaching how to brew or something to that effect. Um, The opposite is actually what's true. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the women that we've worked with all throughout Mexico have higher, have master's degrees in brewing sciences and have been classically trained in Germany, Belgium, and throughout Europe. Um, So that industry is quite remarkable and their beers are excellent. Is there a difference in ingredients and stuff? I mean, obviously we do certain things, you know, Brewers do certain things here in America. Is it different in Mexico in terms of ingredients or recipes, or are they uh, are the recipes essentially the same? Um, you know, they're essentially a sa- the, the same. Again, really focusing on um, some like classic German styles, mm-hmm. and they do those very well. The only difference is really going to be the the local ingredients that you have in different regions. Right, Mexico is a large country, and it's made up of many states, many regions. So. Um, really, we've been able to try beers that we've never had here in the States because we don't have some of those same ingredients. Mm-hmm. I also really love how Mexico emphasizes pairing their beers with food culture. So when they're designing a beer, mm-hmm. they go into it thinking about how is this going to pair with this type of food or this cuisine or this region? That's been 
really interesting. And, and why do you think in America that, that there, there's not the case? I know in New Jersey it's not the case where I live because obviously in New Jersey we have different laws where breweries can't serve food, so brewers are not normally thinking about that. But why is it in America that we're not thinking more along those lines? Beer pairs up so well with food, and, and that's a great point that you bring up, that in Mexico they do think that way. Why do, why do we not think that way here? You know, um, it, perhaps it's just different uh, cultural differences or the way that we are, even in home brewing, right? In the States, we're taught to design the beer in a vacuum and looking at that, even when we look at curriculum like that. So I think that just leaves us a lot of room to consider um, more of a culturalistic, more of a, sorry, collectivistic perspective and look at all those pieces and really tie, I think, the piece in there is culture, in there. Um, a lot of local craft breweries have their own kind of culture. So I think if we kind of play more into that and embrace that, um, it, it, it can lead to some wonderful things. Uh, last question from me. What can be done by others to continue this progression of getting more women involved in the business of beer in all aspects? Encourage anyone that you see in all aspects of craft beer. You know, um, sometimes as a woman in the industry, you know, you face different things that can make it difficult um, to sustain yourself in the industry over a long time. Even just hearing from a patron, whether you're a beer tender or you work in back of house, just hearing from someone like, hey, you're doing a great job or thank you, just expressing that gratitude, that really goes a long way. My guest has been Ayla Kapai. She's the head brewer at Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona. Their 13th anniversary party is taking place Saturday, April 29th from noon to 5 p.m. local time. Borderlandsbrewing.com, the website for more information on that and everything else that Borderlands Brewing is doing. Ayla, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Al. Anytime. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little living for tonight from the a Metal Heart album, which actually came out earlier this week, back in 1985. Where were you in 1985? Around? Were you alive? I certainly was. I was a young lad heading into my uh, sophomore year of high school. Oof. That was a long time ago. Speaking of which, as we get to Suds and Duds in just a moment, we just put the... Um, I don't want to say final touches yet, but the beginnings of um, of uh, our 35-year high school reunion, which is going to take place uh, in early November this year. And um, very excited, class of 1988, Newdorf High School. Uh, we were the Centrals back then. It's now the Cougars. Um, and everyone says, well, why is Central? What is the Central? Well, Newdorf was located in the central part of Staten Island, the middle of Staten Island. So that's why they were called the Centrals. Um, and now it's the Cougars. I don't know. I'll always be a central, so let's put it that way. Although, I am a little annoyed with my former high school. I've had some fairly decent success over the years. Never once have they picked up the phone and called me and said, oh, would you like to come back for an alumni day, or we'd like to honor you, or whatever. Whatever. Uh, Newdorf High School was the first new high school to be built on Staten Island 
opened in 1984. The original uh, was a couple blocks away. And um, we were the first graduating class that went to all four years uh, at Newdorf High School. So kind of cool. All right. Enough with the high school nostalgia. We'll dive into suds and duds, as always. Um, Wet Ticket Brewing, a couple weeks back, uh, put up the uh, their Imperial Oatmeal Stout, which was aged in bourbon barrel with coconut. And when they released this, I said, man, I got to stop by. I got to have one. I mean, it's a, bo- it's a big and boozy beer. Um, I think it took me more than 45 minutes to finish uh, that one glass. And one of my buddies, Greg, met up with me. He ended up having two. That's a little much for me. Um, that's a little much. I would not get that crazy with that. It's a big, boozy beer. Tim always does a nice job with that and uh, very delicious. Finally got some stuff from Source. The Barbershop Pills in stovepipe cans, which I was very impressed. I didn't realize when I bought it that it was going to be stovepipe cans. Um, because, you know, when you look on Beer Broadcast, you can go to beerbroadcast.com, uh, sign up. You get the notification on Fridays. 9 a.m., you can buy beers. But I'm looking, and when I looked at it, I didn't realize that it was a stovepipe can. Not that I care, because I love a good pills. Uh, but this is crispy, a little bit of sweetness, super easy drinking, uh, just a delicious beer, and uh, very happy that I uh, that I purchased that. Um, and then uh, the uh, the kickoff, as we've been talking about, to March Madness over at Paragon Tap and Table, um, where a number of breweries have moved on. And by the time you hear this, I'm sure that the uh, the final four will be all set up, and then, of course, uh, the championship. But Phantom Galaxy by uh, Ashton Brewing is what I started off with. A very good hazy, a little bit of bite. Steve Ashton will be on the program uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm actually recording an interview with him, I believe it's Friday the 31st. So it will more than likely uh, be on the program. I don't know if it's going to be that weekend or the following weekend. It all depends if I get it done and uh, the editing done and get it uh, you know, uploaded to the radio station. Uh, in time. If not, it'll be for the following week. I'm trying to get it uh, for that weekend, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to visit him over at his uh, brewery in Middlesex. We had a nice little conversation um, while sitting there and having some beer, so it was really nice to uh, to touch base with uh, with Steve. Uh, then uh, the uh, Twin Elephant Yes Points by Twin Elephant. Um, and for a pale ale, big fan of this one. Uh, it's great. Looks like a juicy, but it's actually super light uh, with a nice little hop to it. A delicious beer. Uh, and I think Twin is going up against alternate ending in the next round. And it was funny. I think they joked on social media. If they put their collab on and they win, you know, do they do they automatically both move to the next round? Well, that's not, obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, then I had a nautical twilight there by Coastal Brewworks. Um I have to tell you, and I've mentioned this before, Coastal's doing a great job uh, making their beer. Um, they're gypsy brewing out of Bolero. Uh, Matt Potensky is just doing a phenomenal job uh, with the beers. And this is going to be one of their core beers when they open. And it is one of the best, if not the best, porters I've ever had. It's just dialed in so perfectly. Um, it gives you that coffee that you want. It's not, you know, there's no adjuncts. It's not crazy. It's not over the top. It's just a perfect sipping coffee porter. It's exactly what a porter should be. Not too heavy on the ABV, but enough to know that it's there. And enough coffee to make you know, okay, this works. It's good. It's not over the top. It's a fantastic beer. If you see it, Nautical Twilight, do yourself a favor. Get it. You will not be disappointed. A fish finder by Ross Brewing Company. A solid lager. 
Um, it, it, it's not super clear, but it's got that really good uh, clearness. Now, um, I'm hearing that Ross Brewing is going to be opening very soon. I don't have an exact date yet. Uh, I do know it is going to be sometime in the next 45 days, maybe a little less than that. Um, I, I do need to, to uh, get on the phone with John Kokoza and find out what the deal is. We talked about it there. Uh, he sort of gave me the unofficial word, but they hadn't released it yet. Um, so, um, you know, once it's officially released, we'll give you the date. But uh, it's coming. Ross is finally coming. Ross is finally going to open. They will be uh, a couple of miles from Carton, uh, you know, right off of 35. Definitely something you want to check out. The facility is great. I've been there a couple of times during construction, uh, close to the end of construction. Uh, but it looks like a great facility. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Um, I was actually able to do a side-by-side of Samuel Adams' Boston Lager Remastered and the original. I still had an original bottle left. So I poured the two side-by-side and took a picture of it. The remastered lager is definitely lighter than the original. You can totally see it. They're both Vienna lagers. Um, There's a little bit more, or I shouldn't say that. There's a little less sweetness in the remastered one as opposed to the original. The original does have sweetness. Now, again, it might have been maybe two months past its drinking date, but not, you know, not egregiously so. Um, So there may be a little bit of offness to it, but not much. Um, But definitely the, um, the remastered one is definitely less sweet. It's an enjoyable beer. They're both the same ABV. Uh, both very good, uh, but one it, it definitely you see the difference in the color uh, right off the bat. One is dark, the, the original, the other one is much lighter. That's the only difference. A- and the sweetness. The sweetness is definitely a, a factor. If you didn't like Boston Lager because of the sweetness, give this one a try. It is definitely less sweet. Uh, General Sherman uh, by Source Brewing, a delicious West Coast IPA, really done in the style of what a West Coast IPA should be. I love it. I'm so glad that Source did this. Uh, it is beautiful uh, a label, a can label art with a big uh, Sherman Oak tree uh, from California. Deli- it's a fantastic beer. Really, really good. If it's on tap there, go get yourself some because it uh, it's absolutely worth it. Um, then Twin Elephant Brewing did a beer, <laughs> Fruited Sour. I had to buy it because of the name. So Tackleberry is the, is the uh, sour. Thick, tart, tremendous. Got that raspberry flavor. It's definitely what you want. But... Um, we joke, my, our friend Greg, mutual friend Greg, uh, we joke around about him because he's always got guns at the ready and, you know, I, I can live off the grid and all this other stuff. So one of my buddies, Feeney, nicknamed him Tackleberry, and it stuck. And so, you know, we joke around calling him it. And when, they, when the beer was released le- the Friday before last, I'm like, I have to make a trip to Twin Elephant and get this. So I did some Friday afternoon before it started pouring. I went up and I got myself a four-pack of this, and I gave him a can. It's a fantastic beer. It's really good for a fruited sour. It's not over the top. It's thick. It's tart. Roll the can before you pour it. It's really, really good. It's delicious. Love it. Uh, and then finally, two beers from our mutual friend brewing uh, that Jan Chodowski sent me, which I'm, I'm appreciative of. Thank you so much, Jan. Uh, Wave Motion Azure. Um, this is a solid, hazy, juicy IPA. They're experimenting with some of the hops. Uh, love the can art. Um, I just I love the beer. It's really, really nice. It's not crazy and and uh, and ridiculous. It's a it's a really perfect 
uh, hazy for Colorado Brewer. But I will tell you the Dome Flow uh, by uh, OMF, our mutual friend brewing, clean, slightly sweet, the cinnamon flavor not overpowering. It is delicious. I wish he had sent me a couple of cans of this. This is a fantastic beer. Really good. Uh, I could drink this all day long. The sweetness is not over the top. It is really, really nice um, and a fantastic beer. Now, they did send me a stout, but it's like 15% a 12-ounce can. I have to drink that with somebody. There's no way I'm cracking that can and and drinking half and wasting the rest of it. I'm going to you know split that up with somebody so that somebody can enjoy it with me because that – uh, and, and thank you again, Jen. That's It was very nice of you. Just good, good stuff. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everybody who's involved in this show, as well as my guest, Isla Kapai, from the head brewer from Borderlands Brewing Company out in Tucson, Arizona. Check them out. Uh, they got an anniversary party coming up, and borderlandsbrewing.com is the website for more, for more information. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.